0: Hi everybody. My name is Jim. I am a compulsive overeater and food addict. Um, so what it was like, what happened and what is it like now? So before OA, I got up to 535 pounds was my top weight. I was diabetic. I had severe heart disease. I, um, yeah, I suffered from psoriatic arthritis. So I was not really what you would call mobile. Um, I was a physical, emotional, and spiritual mess. Um, I tried everything in the world. I was on every diet. I joined several weigh-in pays in and out over the years, and I would join and then lose weight and then leave and then join, and just my weight just kept going up and up and up. It never went down. Uh, when I was 25, I did join another program, and uh, I got down to the thinnest I'd ever been in my entire life. And I thought this was great. This was everything. And then I had a health issue. I was diagnosed with Graves' disease at the time, which is hyperthyroidism. And then I put all my weight back on in three months. So I was just an absolute mess. And I remember using food as far back as six or seven years old. I was put on my first diet when I was seven. Um, And food was always there. And then even as I got older and got into my 20s um, (laughs) – I found better living through chemistry and discovered alcohol and drugs as well. So my twenties was spent drinking, drugging and eating. And I don't really remember a lot of my twenties. Uh, the 1980s are a big, huge blur for me. Um, and I as it got into my thirties. My health just kept deteriorating. I had a lot of stuff that was based on my morbid obesity and stuff that was just genetics. But I did have congestive heart failure for the first time when I was 31. Um, And they they kind of explained it by either they thought I had a mild heart attack and didn't know it or it was a medication I had been on for my hypothyroidism. And none of this slowed me down. I just kept eating and just kept eating. And it just got worse and worse. Um, And not that long after I had congestive heart failure, um, within a – this was actually now in 2000. Um, my mom died. I had surgery because I had thyroid cancer. So I had surgery to remove my thyroid. My dad died. And then I was in a bad car accident. And that was all within a space of six months. And when I hit my uh when I was in the car accident, I slammed my head on the windshield. And because I was so big, I didn't, I was stuck in the car. If I had been thin, I would have went flying out the car. And pretty much at this point, I just gave up on everything. I was even more angry than I I was before. Um, I was also trying to deal with the fact that I am a survivor of incest. My brother molested me when I was between the ages of three and five. And so I was angry. Nothing. I did everything in my power so that I didn't have to feel anything. I numbed myself out with whatever I could get, you know, so... Food, alcohol, drugs, shopping, gambling, whatever fellowship there is, I probably belong in it. I'm actually, I'm starting a, my third new fellowship for other issues that have come up, but I just was rambling on and I was just getting worse and worse. And all of my doctors said to me that, um, I would be dead by the time I was 40, if I kept going the way I was going. And the thing of it is, I didn't really care. I just didn't know how to. I didn't know how to verbalize. I didn't care if I lived or died. I couldn't say that then, but I can say it now. And part of it is I dealt with depression and anxiety with my PTSD, and so I just, I just pretty much gave up. And then in 2010, I had congestive heart failure for a second time and almost died. Um, and I had to go have a cardiac catheterization where they put a catheter through your. Like, but they had to do with through my arm because I was too big and I was told that you know they didn't know if I would survive the procedure um and as moderately severe heart disease and that I was going to die if I didn't stop eating and so what I did from that I went I remember it was November 1st of 2010 um I remember weird things I don't remember what I did yesterday Mm -hmm. or an hour ago but I remember that date uh and so I came home and I ordered groceries and Everything in my grocery order was some form of sugar in any way, shape, or form. And I went on a binge that lasted until July of 2011. And at the beginning of 2010, I didn't leave my apartment for four months. I stopped talking to people. Uh, it's like the guy in the big book about he locked himself in a barn somewhere. I pretty much did the same thing. Don't even really remember what actually forced me out, but I had another medical issue. And I went to a doctor, and he came in the room and said, Well, your whole problem is you need to weigh 190 pounds. And he walked out, and he never examined me, never did anything. And so I left there so demoralized and humiliated. Of course, I stopped on the way home at the fast food place and bought all the, all the food that I can get with how much money I had. And then Three days later, I finally made a phone call from an outpatient uh, rehab clinic, and I started going there. And part and the woman that I met there explained to me that I had a disease. That uh, this this was news to me. I didn't know I had a disease. I just thought I, there was something wrong. With it. Part of being in this rehabilitation center was you had to be in a twelve step fellowship. So I like to say I was shoved through the doors of OA because I did not come in willingly. Really. And I came in and I put down sugar, flour, flour, wheat, caffeine, artificial sweeteners, deep fried foods, cheeses, and alcohol, and also the tranquilizers that I was taking on a daily basis because I couldn't get through the day without food and tranquilizers. The first six months were hell. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Not sugarcoat. It it was hell. I, I just was not pleasant. Um, I tried to do it without a sponsor, not the way to do program. Uh, I got my first sponsor. I started working through the steps. I lost the weight. I reversed my diabetes. I haven't been on diabetes medicine since 2011, uh, 2012. My A1C and my sugar is fine. And so I thought everything was great. And then I found myself in a situation and I was just a mess again five years later. And so I found my current sponsor, and we went through the steps as outlined in the big book. And that was a complete and utter game changer for me. I see things so utterly differently that I ever saw before. It just changed my life. And, you know, when my sponsor would tell me that, you know, God can remove anything from you, I just pretended like I believe her at this point, whatever. But through the steps, I was able to not only forgive my brother, but have compassion for him. Because he's a very sick man. And that was freedom for me. That was nothing to do with him. And nothing to do with him. It was all about me. And that it just almost it just felt like there is this blackness removed from my soul. And that had nothing to do with anything I did. That was all about my father. That was my father. It was all about my higher power. Um and I just did things in recovery that were amazing. I went skydiving. I went zip lining off of a mountain. I went jet skiing. All the things that I didn't do because I was not only afraid to, but I couldn't do because of my weight. I got, well, my 50th birthday besides jumping out of a plane. I also got my first tattoo. I now have four. Um, And I'm not done. And I just started doing everything I always ever wanted to do. Nothing was holding me back. And so I started just enjoying life. And, you know, I still work with the same big book sponsor that I had. If I had a conversation with her today and she made me mad, but that's okay. Um, And I have, I currently I have nine sponsees right now that I'm taking through the steps. Um, They're all at different points. I have brand new people and I have people that are on, I have several people on step nine. I have people taking them through their inventories and... It's what keeps me sane. It, it is what I have to do in order to live the life that I want. I have to keep doing service. I have to be of service. You know, my goal, as my sponsor explained to me, was to be of utmost service to God and to my fellows. And that's what I try to do. Do I live up to it every day? Probably not. Most likely I'm asked to do service and she also says if you're asked to do cer never say no to service and it is very rare that I do say no um I usually will say yes sometimes jumping in saying yes without fully thinking it through <laughs> but um I just do it because that's what that's what I need to do um and so yeah life is you know life is not perfect but it I have had so many amazing gifts because of recovery. Um, as I said, Soriotic was right. My knees were destroyed by that and by my my weight, and I was able to have both my knees replaced within the last year. I had the first one done in October of 2019, and then I just had my second one done in June of 2020. And if I had, I never would have. Made it to the to the surgery, but I never would have been able to do this at over five hundred pounds. It just never would have been a possibility. And you know, I was explaining to someone a story, and I'm at ten minutes. I was explaining to someone this morning. I was working with a sponsee, and I was talking about how you know God does for us what we can't do for ourselves, and the the proof of a higher power in our lives. I lived in my apartment for twenty four years. It looked like I lived in it for eighty. Um, and it was a mess. And I talked to my sponsor constantly about cleaning out my apartment. And I, I wanted a nice new apartment, but I wasn't doing anything about it. And finally, in August of 2019, I decided, you know what, I need help. I finally just said I needed help. And a good friend of mine came, started cleaning, we started throwing stuff out, I can't even tell you the amount of stuff that we threw out. And I decided to get I needed new appliances because my stove was broken. My dishwasher was broken. I won't tell you for how long they were broken. The super came in and said, you know what? In order for us to do this, we would have to gut your entire kitchen. And you can't live here while that's happening. And he said, you know what? A A brand new, newly renovated apartment just became open. First floor, same exact layout as yours, one building down. Do you want it? Like, sure. So now I'm in a brand new... It's the same way out. I'm just one building down, but it was brand new. It was brand spanking new. Everything, stainless steel appliances, uh, that was not... That was God. That was me. If I actually did the work and did what I needed to do, things would happen. And I know that it was God that put this in my path because... It's too much of a coincidence that an apartment that I needed would just become available pretty much within a day or two of all this happening. And it all of a sudden, the next thing I knew, I was within six weeks, I was in, I was in my new place and within a three week period, I was in my new apartment. I had to buy a new car and I had my left knee replaced. Never would have been able to live through that month without program and without my friends and without everybody that stepped up to help me tremendously through that time and it's just a gift and you know what i i deal with chronic pain i you know my job is annoying um but you know what it's still good life is good it's a beautiful sunny day here in new jersey which we don't get a lot of that lately and so yeah my life is pretty good and i just continue with um looking at what I have and not what I don't have. And I have so many things and have been given so many things within program that it's really hard to even list all of them within a 15 minute share. And so I, um, yeah, I, I always just, you know, when I, I always say that if I can do this, I think anybody can, because I was a pretty, I, I really thought I was a lost cause, just along with everybody else who thought I was a lost cause, but I don't really think anybody is. I really think that it's possible for anybody. You know, it's a lot of hard work. It's not fun. And as a matter of fact, sometimes it's downright painful, but there is something beyond the pain. There is, you know, if I wanted to feel the joy in life, I had to feel, I had to feel the pain as well. It's a, you don't get one without the other. It's not, you know, you, you just can't do that. So, According to my timer, I'm like at 14 minutes. So I think I'm just going to end there and turn the meeting back over to everyone else. Thanks for letting me share.